Hey, hi again, listeners. Uh, welcome back to my podcast on birds and birding. Uh, for the last two times, I've been discussing owls, and uh, hopefully, I think it's, it won't be too long. I'll be uh, this might be the last episode on these species uh, on the species of owls uh, and owlets that I haven't actually uh, discussed this far. Um, the ones I'm going to talk about is the African uh, wood owl, the southern white-faced owl, the African scops owl. And uh, there's two outlets I'll also be talking about, African Bard and the Pearl Spotted Outlets. So there we go. There's quite a few to talk about, so uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Wood Owl. Boy, I can tell you I really love this owl because where I live, uh, we can hear this owl and uh, Eagle Spotted Owl most nights. Um, but yes, uh, the Wood Owl has these beautiful big dark eyes. It's almost like a brown and white dappled barred front of it. So you look in the front under the face, it's like a really dappled um, barred front. And they've got a facial disc uh, with sort of a pale buffish brown. And uh, it's got like dark concentric lines in it. Uh, they normally about 30 to about 35 centimeters long. They weigh about 300 grams. But again, and you're going to hear me saying this most of the time, <clears throat> the female is, is uh, larger. And the male. Uh, they normally roost in the trees in the evenings, um, in the day, and um, generally can hear them calling in the evenings. So they start calling just before noon and just after noon at the woods edge over here where I, where I live. Uh, they normally start calling, as I said, just after noon, and uh, the female actually calls a lot more than the male. But uh, and you also hear them hoot in response to the um, other owls encroaching in the area. Um, they have this beautiful call. It's um, it's like six to about eight equally spaced, uh, almost. Uh, what can I say? Let me rather just play it for you. It's the easiest way for me to get this thing right. Um, there we go. The African wood owl. Beautifully. Yeah, well, as you can hear, that's a beautiful, beautiful sound in the night. It's like, who, who, who are you? <laughs> that's, that's how I've heard it, sort of description goes. And um, I kind of use it, who, who, who are you? <laughs> anyway, they mostly feed on, on insects, uh, such as grasshoppers, crickets, you know, cycads, moths, caterpillars, you know, that type of stuff. They also take uh, reptiles. Frogs, small birds, rodents, you know, like shrews. And uh, most of the prey are actually caught from the perch. So it'll, it'll perch there, see something, and scoop down and, and, and grab it. Uh, it but uh, I do know that it also hawks in the air while it's flying. Uh, certain insects it can catch in the air. And also small animals uh, from, from the uh, vegetation while, while in flight. And it's also been known to take bats, believe it or not. Hey, there you go. They are, they are monogamous. Um, once they find their lady, they will set up their nest in, a, in about a half a k radius before the sort of next uh, nest appears. Uh, they normally nest in holes in trees or, or you know, these things got like top entrances. You know, these old um, trees with a little hole in the top and, you know, 
they lay between July and October, and they normally lay about one to three eggs. And uh, the female will normally incubate while the male will go out and actually feed her. Uh, once the chicks are born and the chicks open their eyes, the female then can actually leave the nest and help the male <coughs> excuse me, feed the, the um, young ones. At about four weeks, they normally leave the nest, uh, but they, they aren't, they are, they, they can't fly at that stage, but they'll sit outside the nest, and right about a month and a half to about 46 days, <laughs> month and a half, 46 sounds very really accurate, eh? <laughs> they can actually fly. And uh, well after the four months, then they will sort of leave their uh, parents. You'll mostly find these mostly along the coastal areas. Uh, so if you look at Cape Town in South Africa, and you move right up the coast through to Natal, up into Mozambique, and then upwards into the Kruger National Park. It's about the only places you're going to find this owl. But it really is a beautiful, beautiful owl. Uh, but get, as I said, you know, get the book out and have a look and read up about them. There's so many other interesting facts. But I just want to get out into these different owls for you tonight. Right, the southern uh, white-faced owl. It's actually a very beautiful owl. Um, very, very distinctive. Uh, with its white face. So the actual white in the face comes from its uh, facial disc and they're kind of like edged with this black, like big black eyebrows. <laughs> but I've got a very white um, face with uh, large red eyes. It's unmistakable. It's not a big bird. It's a small, um, it's a smaller shell. Uh, quite a lot smaller than the uh, than the uh, spotted eagle owl. But um, it's also not as small as the uh, as the other owls that I mentioned earlier. Um, they've got this beautiful call. They sort of got this. Uh, um, oh, it's like a typical sort of rapid stuttering staccato type trill, followed by a clear drawn out note. Um, oh no, you know what? I'm not even going to try it. I'm actually going to play it for you. Hopefully, it's comes through for you. Yeah, that's actually quite um, distinctive the way it actually calls out. It feeds on large insects, spiders, scorpions, you know, that type of stuff, even small birds, uh, reptiles, and some even some small mammals. Uh, it actually likes to hunt from perch. It sort of drops down, gliding low, and then sweeping to up, uh, grabbing its prey, and then sweeping up to a new perch. Um, they normally take an, as I said, from branches, and then they sort of grab them. They've got very powerful talons. And then they tear them apart in their beak. They start um, the feeding mechanism after that. Um, at the start of the, breed, the breeding season, the interesting thing is the male sings intensively. You'll hear him, especially around about dusk. And uh, then you hear him right throughout the whole night. And then at the, during courtship, the male and the female will do a sort of duet. Later, <laughs> the female will answer her mate with this like very faint shriek type of sound. So it's actually quite interesting when you're out there, and especially around the area where I think you'll see later that uh, they normally would lay the eggs around about May to November, so they're actually getting together before then, and they do their courting around about April or so, and you can hear them, even in May, uh, you'll hear them actually talk about these, uh, talk about these, courting to each other, doing their little duets. Um, the nests are actually in natural holes and tree trunks or actually even thick, very thick branches. And um, I, I've, I've seen them actually use platforms of, of larger birds 
they know me, as I was just trying to tell you, they know me at, um, lay the eggs around about May to November. Um, with the dry season, they normally peak in July and August. And they also, they sort of, uh, the clutches normally around about two to three uh, eggs. They've quite white. Um, the young one will actually fledge for about four weeks of age and then they'll fly in a, in a few days. Uh, they actually cared by both of their parents uh, of that for about two weeks at least, up to that stage. Um, uh, they normally, you'll find them in savannah with, a, sort of, you know, if you look in the sort of area, like it's quite like a savannah, it'll have a sort of scattered group of trees and, and, and thorny shrubs. And even some dry open woods, you know, and even a wooded area along the rivers and the forest edges, etc., etc. Um, they, they, these owls will actually try and avoid dense rainforest and, and treeless sort of deserts. So you won't find them, especially you won't find them in the Cape, um, in South Africa, or the Eastern Cape, or even in the Free State. No, around that area. They'll come from about Natal, and they'll move up to Mozambique, up into the Kruger, then around the top of um, the northern areas of uh, South South Africa. Uh, they normally roost in the day, and that's you know, sometimes in the fairly dense cover, as I mentioned, uh, but then they can even be seen on the branch right up against a tree trunk. Uh, but the one amazing thing about this bird is if you approach it, it actually like slicks its feathers right down. It actually changes shape and uh, it slits its eyes and raises its ear tufts. And uh, you'll even hear it grunting at times and it doesn't even look like an elder. You won't even see it. Actually, it's so, so well hidden. It's actually a, the absolute most beautiful bird to see if you ever get the chance to see it. I've seen a few in the Kruger. You can go on a night drive in the Kruger and you'll, in 10 to, 10 to 1, you'll actually um, see them and even hear them. Really beautiful owl. Now, for one of my favorites. Actually, I say that all the time, don't I? All owls, I love owls, I love all birds. Um, you know, don't mind me saying it every time. But if you ever spend time in the Kruger, this is one of those truly felt moments in the Kruger when you, when you hear the scrub cell. If, um, if you're sort of staying in and around the camps at night, uh, you can actually hear this, this owl calling. I absolutely love it. It's, it's beautiful. I'm sitting there, I hear the owl, I think, oh, so beautiful to be out here in the Kruger. It, it really is. It's a, it's a small owl. It's, it's very hard to see. And it sits, it's, it, its camouflage is, is very, very good. When, when you kind of look at it, you know, it's kind of like got this dappled body with either grey or brown, you know, it can be either or the other. But, you know, and it looks almost like a tree trunk. Uh, it's hard to actually describe. Uh, as I said before, you know, try and get on the web and sort of um, uh, see it yourself. It's much like the white face owl, but it's got um, full light brown grey like facial disc, not the white disc. And it's about half the size of it, you know, a little bit bigger than a sparrow, but not, not as big as a maybe a huge uh, pigeon. But it had these beautiful, lovely yellow eyes. It also has ear tufts and has this longish white uh, brown barred tail. The African scopsail is, is, is a nocturnal bird. Uh, it will roost during the daytime and like in a fairly dense foliage against, you know, branch or tree trunk. I've been in some camps and the people have pointed them out and you can actually see them. Uh, very hard to see, but you can get, they just sleep, they're not bugged by you or anybody walking around, they just park there and just relax. Uh, you'll mostly find pairs, they, 
actually roost very close to to um, to one one another. They're kind of like really really close. So it's very cute to see them um, in the trees. Uh, the other thing is they it's also got this like frog purring like I don't know if that's I don't even know how that sounds. That sounds a little bit like and I can't even actually do it. It's got um, it's got like long sequences of the call around about five to eight seconds, um, but not like this. Hopefully this comes out right. Hey, how cool is that? I tell you, I hear that and I just kind of like want to go back to the Kruger. But that's where I mostly see them. It's so beautiful. They also feed mainly on uh, grasshoppers, beetles, you know, moths and those type of things. They will take spiders and scorpions because, you know, in the trees, I don't know if you shine those special lights in the trees up there, you'll always see the little scorpions. Uh, they take uh, rodents, frogs, you know, things like geckos, even small, small birds. I mean, very, very um, small birds. And they normally aren't from the perch, then they'll um, swoop down on the ground, grab its prey, and then go back up. They're also known to uh, hawk their birds, it's called hawked, I don't know, in flight. Um, this scopsal is also monogamous, um, normally it sort of nests uh, on its own a bit from the uh, from the others, but they, they will have several pairs they might sort of um, close to one another. You can actually hear one or two calling at night, uh, fairly close to each other. But uh, each pair will claim its own territory and, um, you know, don't, don't mess around with my, with my area with them or with my wife. Um, during the courtship times, you'll, you'll also hear the male and female doing their sort of duetting, as it were. Um, <clears throat> what happens is <laughs> the male actually advertises a potential net site to the female by singing, you know, from the entrance of the of the tree hole or wherever it is. And normally they take one, you know, it's made by a woodpecker. Because if you'd listened to one of my early ones, uh, most of the woodpeckers that I know, they will make their nests. And I've sat in the nest one one season and they'll move off. Uh, if the female comes along and she accepts the site, then she'll roost on it during the daytime. And then uh, they'll do their thing and they'll also lay about two to three eggs direct on the floor of uh, of their nest hole. The female will actually just incubate them alone, but the, the male will go out and supply her the food. And uh, he will normally roost right near the nest, singing briefly after sunset. He's the one you hear. And uh, before leaving, this is sort of daytime roost. So, uh, and then the female will offer, often actually answer from the actual nest hole itself. Oh, that's beautiful to hear these birds, I tell you what. Um, the chicks, when they actually uh, wake up and sit in the nest, the female normally feeds them with food brought to her by the male till they're about 18 days old. And then after that, both parents will then feed them. And around about three to four weeks, you know, the, the young ones will leave the nest and they'll start catching their own prey. But during that time, they still get fed by both parents. They'll come and feed them, although they're trying to get their own prey. Until they're around about you know two months old, um, they're normally found in open, in really sort of open savanna. But in South Africa, you'll only find them in the coastal areas above 
you know, not not south of the Eastern Cape, from about the Eastern Cape up through to the Kruger, and, and like the whitetail uh, face tail, the southern white face tail, in the northern region area. And that's uh, that's the squab song. Okay, now moving on to the two um, outlets. Um, that's the pearl spotted and the barred owls. But let's start with the pearl spotted outlet. It's it's quite a small owl. Uh, actually, it's very small. It's got like a very rounded head and it's got no ear tufts. And um, why it's called that is because it's got these like big uh, brownish uh, or pearl-like uh, white spots uh, just above the shoulders of the, of, of the owl. So, um, well, brown and, as, as well. So as it turns around, it actually looks like it's eyes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where it's looking, it's kind of like looks like it's got eyes on both sides of his head, actually. So, um, but uh, they look like uh, these white spots on the owl. Um, it's very similar to the scops owl, but um, as I said, it's got no ear tufts, and they have very pale yellow eyes. They're only around about 17 to around about 20 centimeters long. And um, they weigh about 60, in between about 60 and 40 grams. But as usual, the female is also much larger than the male. Uh, also have like a brown white streak in the front, you know, but mostly white. So it shows itself as mostly white in the front. But seriously, <laughs> it's so much easier to look it up. So hopefully you'll look at that and uh, you'll have a look and see what it looks like. It's actually mostly active at, at dusk and dawn, like most of the other owls. Um, but you can see them in the daytime, and I've seen quite a few in the daytime, just sitting, perching on a, on a, as you drive past, you see this strange shape in the tree, on the dry, like acacia, and um, and also sit um, on sort of a moonlit night. Uh, actually prefers to sing from exposed perches, or, or from, you know, the tops of bushes or, or trees, as I said. Um, when it gets excited, actually cocks its tail and flicks it from side to side. It's quite interesting to watch. But uh, they also just mainly feed on grasshoppers, crickets, spiders, millipedes. They also take small mammals, but I mean very small birds, reptiles and snails. Uh, and also, it's very similar that they um, will also hunt from, from their perch. The song of the, uh, of the male, I'll tell you, you can hear from miles. And you can't mistake it for anything else um, in the bush if you hear this call. I'll play for you. It's got like the two calls. Um, it has a like a clearly fluted whistle. It's got a very r gradually rising in volume. Like a few, 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 few. Then after a very short pause, there's a very explosive notes there. Uh, pew, pew. <laughs> you know what? Um, the female also gives a very... Um, a similar call, but you know, slightly higher pitched. But this is what it sounds like. I really am getting terrible at these bird calls. And then, and then, fascinating, eh? But it's explosive that sound, it's very loud. You can hear them from quite a long way away, I promise. And like the other ones, I always tend to spot them a lot in the Kruger. Uh, Kruger is one of my favorite places to go because the bird life is, I mean, you can get a lot of, most of our birds you can find around that area, the north and, and the south of the Kruger. Um, the pairs claim their territory by doing their sort of jets. And uh, I'll tell you what, they, they defend. 
the areas um, right around these sort of nest sites. So, but the other nests, they, they're only about two to 500 meters away between um, between different pairs, but they, 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 they will defend them, boy. Uh, they also just sort of mostly use holes made by uh, woodwork, uh, woodworkers. <laughs> I'm getting old. By woodpeckers or barbets in, you know, in a tree trunk or thick branches. And they normally about one, uh, one to about 10 meters above the ground. Um, the male will actually advertise a potential site by singing near it. The address is very, very similar to the other one I just mentioned now. And uh, you can actually observe their courtship when they do start this around for about three to four weeks before laying. And then they lay about two to four eggs. And of course the female will incubate. But if she leaves the nest, then the male will quickly jump in and he'll also help incubate them. They'll mostly be found in the northern areas of South Africa only. And the sort of the bush felt acacia, as I said before, you know, you find them on the, a lot of these acacia, but they, I've seen a lot in the dry, in the dry acacias or mapani trees. I guess it looks dry because every time I go up there, it's winter time, so there you go. Uh, but it's a really beautiful bird to see these like, beautiful brown spots on the back, uh, like pearls. That's why they call it pearl spotted, as I said before. Okay, we're going to move on now to the um, African barred owlet. But um, like the um, pearl spotted, I think the African wood owl and the African barred owlet and the pearl spotted owl and or owlet, as they call it, and the pearls fishing owl are the only ones that don't actually have, you know, these little ear um, pieces sticking up um, on the well, ear tufts, as I've called it before, and uh, with with the um, African barred owl, it's also a fairly small owl. Uh, it's got like a rounded head as well, and um, they also run about 20 to 22 centimeters uh, in length. Uh, so they they're quite small, slightly, slightly, slightly bigger than the uh, pearl spotted owlet, but still very small. They only weigh between about 80 and 140 grams. And as per usual, the uh, female is always heavier than the male. There you go. The facial discs on these ones are like a very pale brownish with these white concentric lines. Uh, very interesting to see. They, they got like, they got whitish like eyebrows and they got yellow eyes. And um but the eyes have this like whitish Yeah no. No. The eyes are definitely yellow. I'm getting myself confused here. They also in the front of them they have a very white whitish front with like brown spots as it were. And and their wings have uh, kind of white edges to it, so if you look at it, it looks like it's got white stripes going down the side of the the wings from the shoulder downward, and uh, you can actually see it when it's roosting. But as I said before, I'm sounding like a tape recording. It's really really difficult to actually speak about what they look like, but I hope you're kind of getting a picture of it. But um, please just go and grab a a bird card. This is so so important, especially if you want to further. Um, this need that hopefully you have now for bird identification. It's really, really important to get yourself a very, very good bird guard. Bird guard. You know, I'm, I've got quite a few at the moment. So I've got Cecil's and I've got Roberts and I've got a, a few others as well. So just go out there and grab one. Um, the, the thing that's different about this outlet to all the other ones I've spoken about in the last two episodes is that they're mostly active in the daytime. Uh, they also 
remained sort of folkly active uh, around about dusk and dawn. Um, but they're also active on a calm, clear night as well. So, but mostly in the in, in the daytime, they will roost within sort of some type of cover, but it'll be in a natural hole in a tree. Um, and then of course they will fly very low, and then they'll you'll hear this whirring like wing beats of theirs, and they'll swoop up to the perch. Um, and this is one of the few owls that you actually see. It actually bathes quite a lot. Frequently you'll see them in water. Now, we come to the song of the male. It's a series of about six to eight equally spaced kind of whistle, slightly downward, inflecting notes for about one second there. No, you know what? I don't even think I'm going to go there again this time. But you know what? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it sounds like an alarm system, a long call goes off because I've heard them in the Kruger and on a, hourly, on a, on a full moon sometimes it calls all night and sometimes it's a beautiful sound but sometimes good crowd drive you a bit crazy but in some places I've heard them going the whole night this is what they sound like there we go sorry about that it took me a bit longer than normal see it goes, and goes down a bit Okay, I'm, hopefully you get the idea about what this uh, little owl sounds like, and uh, you can hear them a lot in the Kruger as well. Uh, you can, I'm like a, I don't even say that word again. I go there often, and, and I love it, you know, in the winter, get to hear these beautiful owls. The um, male and the female, they, they normally sing together to actually claim the territory. And that's sort of the egg-laying normally takes place around about September or September, October, November and they'll also use like a natural cavity or a tree hole made by woodpeckers or barbets. See the woodpeckers and barbets are very handy in the woods eh? and they normally make the holes in, in, in a lot of the dead trees so if you've got these things around please don't chop down these old dead trees that you have. So many creatures use those things for homes and, and nests especially the birds and they normally run about three to six meters above the ground. And um, the female will lay about two to three eggs. And after hatching, uh, in this case, the, the young ones are fed by both parents. Uh, always, they always feed them after dusk and, and, and not during the day. Um, you'll find them in open areas with like riverine forests and woods with large trees, as I said, on the forest edge and, and sort of secondary growth. They've also got a very, very good camouflage. Very hard to see when you someone does actually spot them. They point them out and say, Where? <laughs> there, where? It's hard to see. Trust me. And um, this bird will only be found in the Kruger National Park in South Africa. So if you want to go and see it, you won't find it anywhere except in that area of the Kruger National Park. And so um, that is... All that I have for you at the moment, um, as far as these owls um, concerned, I hope you enjoyed the um, the talks and uh, that I have been giving you over the last three episodes on owls and owlets. And there, there's so many interesting. Um, I, if you've only heard this one here, 
go back to you here, the first episode on owls, because all the interesting facts I have about all owls, um, I actually tell the stories about what they do and the fascinating things about owls before I start talking about these owls individually. So if I were you, if you're only hearing this one now, I'd rather go back to two episodes prior to this one and listen to the first episode I have on owls. So anyway, it was great talking to you all again. And until about two weeks' time again when I do another chat from BL, uh, I'll say to you, happy birding, and see you next time. Cheers.